Welcome back as we are heading into the home stretch. Uh, down the stretch we come on this Thursday edition of Real Presence Live. Father James Gross uh, joining you solo today from our Grand Forks studios. We've had some wonderful conversations earlier today, and we're about to embark on a uh, conversation with uh, what we hope is going to be a uh, regular or at least semi-regular uh, guest joining us, uh, joining Father Leffer and me uh, at this time to talk about some of the events of the day uh, happening within the church. So, Eric Sammons, welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thanks so much for having me back. I really appreciate it. Excellent. And uh, before we dive into what we're going to be talking about today, if you can just refresh the memory of our listeners, uh, um, uh, what uh, what kind of work do you do? Yeah, I'm the editor-in-chief of Crisis Magazine, which is an online uh, Catholic magazine. It's been around for over 40 years. I haven't been with it that long. I've only been with it for about three years. But I basically run that, and we offer articles, uh, commentary, on what we feel is the crisis in the Church and also in the world today. And there are a a number of different uh, contributors uh, who um, uh, provide content and articles from time to time, perhaps uh, more than one might expect. So Crisis Magazine, uh, let's see, is it uh, crisismagazine.com? That is the website to go to. In order That's to right. find your content, okay, very good. And, yeah, um, and we have over, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say we have over a, a hundred different authors each year. I mean, about 150, I think we had last year. So we have a, a lot of different people who write for us. Fantastic. So it's not just a, oh, a one-note symphony, so to speak. It's lots of different, <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> lots of different moving parts, and and that really makes it worth your while to um, visit uh, that website and see what it is that they're talking about. Well, one of the main things that I wanted to get into uh, here today, and uh, just uh, as a preface to our conversation, it's not really with the intent of um, swinging uh, rhetorical haymakers, you know, toward <laughs> opponents and things like that, but just trying to gain some uh, clarity and perspective. A lot of uh, Catholics um, were hearing uh, bits and pieces about a document that came out shortly before Christmas. I believe it was just less than a week before Christmas, Fiducia Supplicans. Um, can you walk us through uh, kind of the, um, uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the evolution of, of how this came to be and, and what it's all about? Right. So first, it's important to note what kind of document it is. It was released by the the Castery for the Doctrine of the Faith. That's what used to be called the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. That used to be called a long time ago the Holy Office. The Inquisition has a long history. Uh, actually, Cardinal Ratzinger, the future uh, soon later uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, he was the head of this for a, a long time under Pope John Paul II. Uh, and now uh, Cardinal uh, Victor Fernandez is the head of this, and so he's the one who released this. Uh, the Pope does approve this. Uh, I, I say that because it's important to know kind of where it where it stands. It is an important document of the Church. It's not like an infallible statement of doctrine by the Pope or something like that. Right. But it is an important uh, document as far as, like, level of importance. And essentially what it did was it was talking about the, the discussion of blessings of couples who are in what they call irregular relationships or same-sex relationships. So the idea of... Can a priest give a blessing to a same-sex uh, couple, for example, who come up to them for a blessing, or maybe a by a regular relationship? What that typically means is two people who are not married in the sacrament of matrimony, but they are they are in a uh, romantic 
uh, relationship with each other. So perhaps it's somebody who's been divorced and remarried but did not get an annulment. Perhaps it's just two, uh, two people who are living together who never have been married to each other. Uh, that would be what a regular relationship would be. Mm-hmm. And so basically this document's just laying out, okay, can priests give blessings to them, and what would that mean? Now, I've heard some uh, observations that the um, uh, the, the uh, drafting or the promulgation of this document was not necessarily something um, of a... Uh, uh, kind of a, a transparent nature and some concern about, um, you know, where it, I mean, we know where it came from in terms of the dicastery, but um, how it came about and, and that whole process. Uh, can you speak to what what you've been hearing about that, let's say, in the uh, weeks and months prior to its release? Yeah, that, that's a very interesting question because it was a bit of a surprise to, I think, most people who are kind of keep track of this stuff in that this, is, this topic has come up before. In fact, in 2021, uh, they basically the Vatican released a document that said that you, you can't endorse sin, you can't endorse... You basically kind of put a kibosh on this idea mm-hmm. of blessing uh, same-sex relationships and irregular relationships. And then also at the Synod, the Synod on Synodality back in October, there was some discussion of it, but it was tabled. So the, the general sense was, by from the, from the bishops, from the Synod, from various people like, no, this is not something we're interested in kind of moving forward on. And then all of a sudden it just drops in December. And I think, I mean, I, I, I'm, my profession is kind of the church watch and I did not see it coming. And I, I know a lot of people uh, in my line of work who did not see it coming because of the fact that there was indications that uh, the church, people in the you know, higher up people in the church, the bishops, car, even cardinals, uh, various people around the church did not want it to happen. And then it just happened. And so that, that is something to note, especially when we're living in an era where we talk a lot about synodality and including everybody in these discussions before we move forward, that didn't seem to happen with this document. Yeah, and as edi- as an editor-in-chief, um, you have your ear to the ground, in a sense, with regard to your readers and the people that you um, that you hear from. So just to give us a little bit of a um, uh, snapshot of, in the last several weeks, what kinds of feedback uh, you've been receiving there at Crisis Magazine, what are some of the um, uh, questions or concerns that uh, Fiducia Suplicans has been raising? It's interesting because I think we all know there have been a number of controversial documents produced by both Pope Francis and the Vatican during his pontificate that have received pushback, some more than others. I have never seen the pushback to this one on any other document that's been released as far as just real concern, real uh, real concern just that this is a very problematic, that it will appear to be endorsing sin, it will appear to be endorsing uh, same-sex relationships, uh, irregular relationships like adulterous relationships, uh, uh, promiscuous relationships, and it just really seems that despite the fact that the document itself says multiple times we're not, we're not uh, going against the Church's teaching on the sacrament of matrimony, but we, we affirm that, and they say, it says that multiple times. But the reality is is that most people are saying, we know in what will actually happen, and in fact it did happen, where you had prominent priests coming out and, and endorsing same-sex married couples, married in quotes, they're obviously not really married, right. uh, in a very public fashion, in a, in a way that basically endorsed their, their uh, pseudo-marriage. And so it really 
it, it is very troubling. I mean, I, I, I saw it from from you know grandmothers who who just are trying to live their faith and they don't really know a they, not they don't know a lot they probably don't know more than we do but you know what I mean but they're mm-hmm, not like mm-hmm. necessarily uh, theologians they're not like trained in all this they're very concerned very confused and then you saw there's been a big pushback all the way up to cardinals and bishops especially in Africa so it definitely yes. was um, more pushback than I've seen of any other yeah. document during the Francis Pontificate. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because that brings a whole other uh, angle to this when we take a 30,000-foot view on the, uh, the the fallout from it. Um, in another publication, I've seen, at least in one case, just the the um, expression, uh, the Congo flows into the Tiber, so to speak, with regard to the um, influence, uh, the, the growing influence of... Um, uh, the the church in Africa and very and what it means now perhaps compared to a few generations ago when bishops conferences uh, you know speak out uh, so you know if you can just shed a little bit of light in terms of the reactions that we've been hearing from you know from the African continent by and large yeah I mean first I should say God bless the Africans because they are it was interesting when it first came out you saw a few of the bishops conferences in Africa having responses that was clear that they they did not like the document but they were trying you know doing their best to try to be respectful of the, the Vatican of, of Pope Francis of course and they remained respectful of course throughout all but you could just tell over the next over the coming weeks after it came out they got stronger and stronger just saying no we're not going to do this we just simply can't we believe it it would undermine uh, teachings of the church if we actually put this into practice and I, I, I commend them for that because they're obviously their their number one duty is to the Lord and, and upholding his teachings and they understand and their duty as bishops is very grave. I mean they answer to God himself and we all do, but they do in a special way for the souls in their diocese and so they have to think of that. Now I will say it does trouble me though, this whole situation because I, I grew up Methodist and and my mom's still in the Methodist church and she tells me how the Methodist Church is breaking up right now, and uh, it's the yeah. Africans are maintaining what they would consider kind of orthodox teaching, obviously Methodist, mm-hmm. whereas the you know Americans and, and the Western European and the Europeans are going against it, and so they're breaking up because of this. And you saw it with the Anglican Church; the same thing. Is yes, happening. that's analogous, Anglican, right? Yeah, and I, I obviously we don't want that to happen in our in our Catholic Church. This breakup, but I do think it's it's important that. We, we note that lots and lots of people are troubled by this document. It's not just a, a small little segment uh, of complainers, so to speak, but it really is faithful bishops around the world, not just in Africa, but around the world, who are saying, wait a second, I just don't think this works. And you see it from a lot of priests as well who are saying, I don't see how doing this would not undermine, in the minds of my flock, the, the teaching on marriage. Right, and and all it takes is a, a certain priest somewhere receiving um, fawning media coverage with a front page above the fold story and a photo, you know, of them in action to really foment increased confusion about some of these some of these matters that it takes up. Well, we're going to step aside briefly for a break here. We are visiting with Eric Sammons, the editor in chief of Crisis Magazine, about uh, fiducia supplicans and uh, the Catholic response to it. We'll pick up right where we left off after this break you're listening to real presence live live engaging and local this is real presence live 
where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. As Catholic people, we recognize our lives are gifts from God. Blessings received are a result of God's grace and goodness. Our Lord entrusts us to be good stewards of His many gifts. We are called to conduct lives that honor Him and bear witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. As we begin a new year, let's reflect a moment on stewardship. Your life should provide an example to others in the way you live your faith, the way you manage your possessions, and the way you plan your estate and personal affairs. You have spent a lifetime acquiring your assets and living your faith. Fortunately, we can provide you with an estate planning guide that allows you to put all of your important information in one place and enable you to document your intentions. To request an estate planning guide, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Let us run to Mary, and as her little children, cast ourselves into our arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central, and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary, Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m., and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live for our final segment of the morning. Uh, Time flies when you're having fun, as they say. I want to uh, remind you to uh, be sure to look in on our website, realpresenceradio.com. Have you downloaded uh, our uh, app so that you can hear uh, your favorite programs on your mobile devices and take them wherever you happen to go. Also, it's a good resource for keeping track of our schedule. We are bringing to you uh, more and more wonderful programming all the time, and not just our local, locally uh, generated shows. And so realpresenceradio.com is the place to go for all of that information. We are visiting with Eric Sammons, the editor-in-chief of Crisis Magazine, and we're talking about this um, document, Fiducia Supplicans, which was released um, addressing uh, offering blessings uh, to people and uh, how that would, uh, I think the next step for a lot of people is how practically this would work because I can testify to the fact that um, individuals 
will ask me for prayers or blessings when it comes to certain things. Let's say they, you know, are not necessarily asking to be anointed, but they do have an important medical appointment coming up. And so, yes, spontaneously, of course, I, you know, definitely uh, pray a blessing upon them and stuff without conducting some sort of rigorous examination, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, about the individual, things like that. You know, I want to be able to do that um, generously, like the um, uh, farmer in the parable is spreading the seed on all sorts of different ground and stuff. But um, we as uh, priests and deacons need to think about what you are blessing and what the context is, because a lot of people will equate that with condoning certain things, you know, that may not be within a person's consciousness when you're when you're dealing with an individual or a couple. So uh, talk a little bit about that, that, that context and, and how that informs this whole, this whole discussion. Yeah, it really is a, a, a big discussion that could be had about this, but you think about it, there's a couple different things I, I kind of think should be addressed. First is just the, the connection between the pastoral and the theological. We often, we want to separate them in our modern world, I think, that they're different. Like, okay, we have our theological discussions about the Trinity or about the, the sacramental theology or something like that, and then we have our pastoral, which is how we, we uh, interact with people and how we help them in their walk with Christ. But really, the two of those things are very interrelated, I mean, they're very, you cannot have one without the other. And so a blessing, which is a sacramental, essentially, is, mm-hmm. is a pastoral act in one sense, but because it's a sacramental, it's also a theological act. And so you can't just act like they're not, you can't just act like there's no uh, difference between them. For example, if a young woman said, came up to a priest, maybe you or somebody said, Father, I'm about to go get an abortion, we please bless the, the, the procedure you know, before I go. Obviously, you'd, you, I'm sure you'd probably sit down and do everything you can to convince her not to get an abortion, but you wouldn't bless it, because it, there's an yes. obvious connection there between the sin of what she is about to do, the, the, the evil of it, and you can't bless that. That wouldn't be pastoral. It might make her feel good, but ultimately it would be for her bad. It would be for her evil, and so therefore you wouldn't do it. And so that's why when we talk about blessing these same-sex uh, couples or irregular couples, that's where it's the same issues coming about. It's not a matter of saying, oh, you're not going to, uh, uh, you know, I've heard somebody say, oh, you're saying we, we're, you don't want to bless gay people. That's not it at all, because I'm sure if some individual came to you who's struggling with same-sex attraction, wanted a blessing, for example, just for his struggle to, to, to be able to live a chaste life, to live for, for Jesus Christ. Or, or like you said, he just was coming to you and he, he had a, a, a surgery coming up and wanted a blessing, a prayer beforehand. Obviously, I don't know a priest alive who wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so, but what's happening here is that the problem is, is in this document, it talks about couples. It talks about blessing couples, not individuals, but couples. And the couple is only a couple because of a sinful situation. <laughs> they wouldn't right. be a couple if there wasn't a sin uh, connecting them, so to speak. And so therefore, now all of a sudden you have, you have the situation where the blessing becomes, in the minds of the people being blessed often, an endorsement by the Church, because as you know, the priest represents the Church, the universal Church. I mean, I'm sorry for that burden that's always placed upon you, Father, but that's the way it is. Comes and with so the territory. <laughs> it, it does exactly. That's what you you, you choose to do and choose to do. And so, by blessing a couple, in a, you're blessing, you're endorsing that sin in the minds of the person. Even if in your own mind you 
taught something different, that's what's coming across, and that is pulling them away from Jesus Christ, because it's saying you can continue to live in your sinful lifestyle a way that is not pleasing to God, and, 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 and it's okay. And here's an official representation of the Catholic Church telling you it's okay. But actually what's doing is it's pulling them away from Jesus Christ. And that's why, we, again, we have the theological and pastoral that are always in relationship to each other, and you can't have one without the other. And I, personally, I feel like this document separates them in an artificial way. Exactly. I think that's an important thing that, uh, you know, there should be a... Um uh, a coming together, a, a you know, a resonance between those various things too. And another practical element that I think of is the fact that you know you want to um, you, you you want to implore people to pray for the things that they need to live a, a petitionary spirit. And there's a sort of balance to that. You know, you don't want them to be overly scrupulous about it, but you don't want to give the impression that they must not ask for such blessings. So there there's sort of a tightrope you might say that uh, we are walking um, in terms of wanting to you know be accessible and available to our people but not just kind of in a, uh, a an endorsement rubber stamp of whatever it is that they want to make of it either yeah you're not you're not a Pez dispenser that just you know just whenever <laughs> you're you know you just kind of re- yeah. return whatever you pop it open you really are as you know you're in persona Christi and so you, you have to act like Christ, and, and that's the thing. If we understand the Christ of the Gospels, we see he never does do anything that could suggest he endorses sin. The, the famous story, of course, of the woman caught in adultery, right. what does he say to her afterwards? He knows that the people wanting to stone her are hypocrites or sinners themselves, and the reasons they're doing this is to catch him and, and for evil purposes. He loves mm-hmm. this woman, of course, as, as a child, of, as a daughter of God, and so that's why he tells them, go and sin no more. And I think a, a blessing on a couple, a same-sex couple or an irregular situation couple, that is not saying go and sin no more. That is saying, in the eyes of at least the people receiving it, it's saying you can continue to sin. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, you know, we just have a few more seconds, but maybe just a postscript on this is that in our modern world with so many different means of communication, immediate communication, you know, I think of my great-grandparents um, 90 or 100 years ago, how often or how frequently did they hear statements from, you know, the Holy Father? So this is a very different kind of world that we're living in, um, in, in terms of uh, the, the information that comes to us and uh, the, the ways to understand it. So I think that adds a burden, you might say, uh, that uh, previous generations of Catholics didn't necessarily have. Yeah, and I think the popes themselves have to get used to it, and we all do. I mean, this this world we live in where we have information coming to us at every moment and we're globally connected, we all have to get used to that and understand how this relationship works. And hopefully this is an example of it working in the sense that we see the response around the world from the Africans, from others, saying, wait a minute, we need to rethink this, uh, what we're doing here. Right, right. To act uh, deliberately, uh, consistently, and with the, um, with, always with the benefit of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. So uh, thank you very much, Eric uh, Sammons, for joining us today, and we look forward to uh, continued conversations in the future. I do too. Thanks for having me, Father. Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Well, we're coming down to the final moments of our show today. So before we step aside, we need to get a look at um, the lineup for our next show from uh, Aaron down at Command Central. 
On the next O Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your host will be Jacques Daniel coming to you live from Rapid City, South Dakota. His guests will include Jay Wickham and John Hill, who will speak about what it means to journey through Lent as a man. Then we will speak with Camille Pauly, creator of the Forbidden Discussions video series, which brings pro-life facts to Generation Z. All this and more is coming to you on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you, Father. Thank you very much, Aaron. Just want to take a couple of minutes to speak about um, uh, something that uh, that happened yesterday and to ask for continued prayers. You know, I had heard the uh, statistic, it seems unbelievable, that the number of viewership for the Super Bowl on Sunday was the largest single televised event in terms of viewership since the moon landing. Now, that's 45 years ago, so it's uh, something that even people who really don't have an interest in football Football are going to be tuning in and as many people know the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl in overtime yesterday there was a parade with a victory celebration in downtown Kansas City Missouri uh, unfortunately a, a disturbed individual uh, opened fire on a portion of the crowd toward the conclusion of that event one person lost their lives uh, there were I believe 21 additional people uh, some half of those additional victims who who um, were injured were uh, children and minors and uh, a very sad situation that came from Kansas City and I think this speaks to the importance of uh, conversion of heart uh, that uh, one thing we can think about and pray about during the season of Lent is um, to uh, ask the Holy Spirit uh, to touch uh, the hearts of those individuals who have such evil intentions in their minds um, in order to bring about a true conversion of heart uh, so that they seek not to indiscriminately cause acts of violence in whatever form it may be. We definitely are continuing to remember the families of the victims in, in, in our prayers and uh, the people who were traumatized, uh, the many thousands of people who were in that vicinity uh, expecting just to have a, a very simple celebration of their favorite sports team um, and how that was uh, shattered for a moment uh, yesterday afternoon. So please join with me in offering prayers uh, for uh, the recovery of that community and for the, the many ways in which uh, violent acts like this are really tormenting parts of society. So on behalf of all of us here at Real Presence Radio, Father James Gross, uh, along with my uh, co-host, Father Jason Leffer, praying for you and your families that you may have a rewarding and a grace-filled Lenten season. Until next time, God bless you all. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.